0: Hey everyone, it's good old buddy Tony Schiavone. You know, we've had so much fun bringing you What Happened When each and every week, and this could not be done without your love, your support, your love of wrestling, and your constant feedback. It means the world to me, to my buddy Conrad Thompson, to Lois and the entire staff at WHW. Heck, it means everything to the family. And I want to let you know that we are here for you in so many ways that you don't even realize. And that's why we've come up With SaveK.com. The very best way for you to save on your mortgage, reduce your monthly payments, get out of debt faster, and even put money back in your pocket. It's simple and easy. Just go to our website at SaveK.com, fill out the form. There's no obligation. And you may not even need an appraisal. Start saving immediately with SaveCade.com and the great people at First Family Mortgage. Lower your monthly payments. Possibly skip your next two house payments. Thanks again from all of us at WHW. Today, right today, log on to SaveK.com and put your butt in a seat that will help save you money. MNLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express, Tag Team, Turner, Barton, Mid-South, Joy World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the N.W.A. and Jim rocket Promotions. Only answers, they win. Look, Schiavone's back again. World title split Center stage, Bishop, Disney Hogan and Nitro, New World Order and the Crow, Thunder Russo, Arcade Champ, Dinny Mac, Simulcast, Tony's back with Conrad, not your classy podcast. Watch along, try not to laugh, Lois rules can't pass. This wasn't the initial plan, Tom's like a good looking man. Quad like Bill, make a chair. Tommy, you come over here.
1: Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When on the MLW Radio Network. Tony Schiavone. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Conrad.
0: How are you? And how's everybody? And how's the world treating you? And what's going on? How's the weather where you are? And what the fuck are we doing here? How long is it going to take for us to start talking about penises on this show? This is a goddamn wrestling show. A goddamn wrestling show, okay? No more dick jokes.
1: Thanks for tuning in to what happened When win with Tony Schiavone and good night. Yep. <laughs> Today though, we're going to cover WCW Saturday night from November 21st, 1992 later here, we're going to be talking about Dustin Rhodes taking on big van Vader, the semifinals of the king of the cable tournament. We've also got sting and van hammer battling Rick Rude and cactus Jack mm. who booked this shit. I can't wait to talk about this. We haven't done a ton of WCW from 1992, but there is a contingent of our listeners who think that 92 might actually be the best year in WCW history. Are you serious? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've always talked about how my two favorite years in wrestling were 89 and 97. Well, there are a ton of our listeners who think that 92 may in fact be the best year in professional wrestling.
0: Wow. Well, uh, th- that's interesting because that's a couple of years after I returned to WCW and, uh, that's, uh, prior, uh, let's see. Would that be the Bill Watts era yet? Or would that be the Kip Fry era?
1: Uh, I think that'd be Bill Watts would it not. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that, that, yeah, that, that's exactly right. And, and that's why I guess a lot of people like this because things were kind of changing under Bill Watts and, and he was going back to more traditional wrestling. I mean, you couldn't even go off the top rope off the top. That was a disqualification. Uh, I remember a meeting that we had and I, I can't remember when it was. Uh, but, uh, you know, we had, I, we had a lot of meetings under Bill Watts, a lot of them. And Bill used to say, boys better learn how to snatch a headlock. And I remember thinking, wow, have things changed. And of course, Snatching a headlock really doesn't work now in 2018. And really in 1992, the way things were, uh, he was trying to bring it back to more traditional wrestling. I like working with bill really did. And you're going to uh, see on this show, some of his, uh, some of how things changed. Of course, he was there at Kip Fry didn't last long. Jim heard lasted too long. And, uh, here we are in 1992.
1: Tony, it's finally happening. We're going to the home of Jim Crockett Promotions, Flair Country, if you will, and it's happening on November 11th. You and I are going to be at the Comedy Zone right there in Charlotte, my home away from home. And I know it was yours for a long, long time. How excited are you to be doing a little wrestling business back in Charlotte again after all these years?
0: Well, you know, Charlotte was our home. It's where all the Shivani kids were born. And Charlotte has changed immensely since I left Charlotte. I left Charlotte in 89 when I went to work for the WWE. But now we're coming back on November the 11th. Well, doors are open at 2.30, 3 o'clock. We are going to be at the Comedy Zone. The Comedy Zone is a a place where, you know, a lot of professional wrestlers, I know Mick Foley was there recently, and a lot of guys, they have them there. So we're going to bring our brand of professional wrestling and humor to the Comedy Zone. And I look forward to seeing a lot of my friends Maybe some of the friends that I've lost touch with, come on out. Or maybe you're not my friend yet, but once you get in one of these shows, you're going to walk away from the show saying, you know what? Now I'm a friend. Shimani and Conrad Thompson. TomZink.com. That's T-O-M-Z-E-N-K.com. It's where you get your tickets and come. Conrad, I'm really looking forward to, to being able to, to do a live show with you again because we've had a, a great time together doing this podcast.
1: A tremendous time. We've got lots of fun stuff going on. It's a who's who of professional wrestling. They're wrestlers who live in Charlotte, and I'm working on getting us a very special guest right now. But we hope you will be our special guest. You can grab these tickets for just 35 bucks right now. You never know what's going to happen, but let me tell you, you want to be there for the very first stop on the What Happened When World Tour. Tickets on sale now, just 35 bucks at TomZink.com. That's November eleventh, three o'clock. See you there. Bill Watts, of course, uh, seventy nine years old. Oh man, that's wow. a number I wasn't really ready for, but I threw it in my machine here and saw that old Bill is actually seventy nine. Born May fifth, nineteen thirty nine, and uh, this is a, so a fun era of WCW, and we hope that you'll join us and fire up your WWE network. Go find. WCW Saturday night from November 21st, 1992. And I feel like this is probably the time where we bring in the third member of our team here, Tony.
0: Yeah. The last time the the third member of our team remembers Bill Watts, he was at our house and they were in a beer chugging contest
1: together. And and how'd she do? She uh, beat Bill
0: Watts and Dusty Rhodes, both. How about that? You don't hear that very often. No, I didn't. So, uh, This is uh, 1992, so it's 2018. You can add that up or just uh, subtract that if you want. But here she is years later with her beer-chugging countdown.
1: Look at that little gizmo you got on your microphone. Isn't that special? All right, I'm going to be serious. Three, two, one, play.
0: WCW Saturday night. It's Vader. It's the natural Dustin Rhodes. The winner gets Terry Runnels. No, and a slap to the face of oh, Barry Windham and they slap each other back. It's the king of the cave. What the fuck? Do you see that entrance?
1: <laughs> Man, that is That is some low rent shit right there.
0: Oh my God. That is kind of like uh that's kind of like the strip club that uh, we—I mean, you guys were in in Vegas when this, with the stripper came out, something like that. Okay, hey, <laughs> Okay, whoa! And look at Cactus Jack, and we've got that old nineteen ninety-two digitized effect. Uh, oh, and my God, the Barbarian with Tommy Young, and there's oh, uh, who uh, who else is this in, in our entrance here?
1: Diamond Dallas Page, Bobby Eaton, yeah. the Natural, Jushin Thunder, Thunder that? Oh, my God. Look at this. Michael <laughs> PSA's. Her, sassafras. Welcome to WCW Saturday night, folks. Of course, old cowboy's in charge, so the business is going to the top. We don't need no Ric Flair neither. huh? Isn't that right, uh, Michael? That's right, Jim. I'm going to tell you this. Fanny packs are back in. All right. That's right, folks. Fanny packs are back in, and so is wrestling. No over-the-top moves. No mats around outside of the ring. It's Bill Watts. Here we go. Oh, Michael,
0: apparently Michael Hayes never knew how to dress.
1: Dude, that is the most ridiculous. I mean, he looks ridiculous. And by the way, yeah. I guess we should mention here, we've got Shanghai Pierce and Tex Leisinger walking to the ring with nooses, which I don't think you could do in 2018. No. But these guys, of course, will go on to be the Godwins, which I think is what most wrestling fans remember them for. And I think a lot of fans even forget they were ever even here in WCW. Yeah. yeah, I know. And The fans used, they used to do a thing, the fans, the
0: quote unquote smart fans at center stage. Uh, they used, and there's, uh, Rhubarb Jones, our ring announcer. Uh, they used to do, um, this thing to where every time Tex Lasinger would get in, every time Shanghai Pierce would get in, they would cheer. And as soon as the tag was made to Tex Lasinger, they'd all get real quiet and, um, Scott Hudson was a part of that group that did that. And I remember thinking, Scott, you know better than that. Cause Scott, Wait, used
1: Scott Hudson fan. was a fan in the crowd cheering wrestlers yep. here?
0: Yep, he sure was. Wow, how about that? Scott's always been a gigantic wrestling
1: fan. Well, I and, mean, to be in the wrestling business, unless you're Lex Luger, you, you kind of have to be, right? Oh, yeah, or Sting, absolutely. Well, I just think, you know, sometimes... Fans get so caught up on you know not wanting to really admit that they're a fan, and for some reason, like the word "mark has become the super derogatory term, but really all that means is fan right I mean and in a weird way, the biggest marks of them all are the guys who are in the business because you've got to really love the business at a level greater than somebody who would just you know dedicate ten dollars and three hours to it i mean you're dedicating your life to it, you're traveling on the road and dealing with injuries and living out of a suitcase. And I mean, you've really got to be a fan and and love what you're doing to have that level of commitment for that sustained amount of time.
0: There's no question. But at this point in my life, I was questioning whether I I had made the right decision. This was two years after I had come back from the WWE and uh, actually uh, I was still kind of miserable at this time.
1: Uh, Jesse, let let me ask you about the misery because we've talked about that a lot, but I've always wanted to sort of pinpoint you were miserable because you didn't enjoy the wrestling. You didn't enjoy the people you worked with, or you just felt like as a father and the and provider uh, for your family, that maybe your future wasn't secure here, just based on the business economics.
0: That's, that's the key. The business economics. I thought I've said this before. I, there was never a day or let's say a week <clears throat> where I'm thinking they're going to come shut us down. Turner's had enough of this bullshit this is such a poorly run company, uh, that it's, it's, it's going to shut it. They're going to shut us down. So I thought really that, uh, they pull the plug on us anytime. And when I was in the WWE, I felt secure. I knew that business was there to stay.
1: So Uh, it's less your misery here. It's less about, uh, the presentation of the product, less about the guys that you're working with, less about not enjoying doing commentary. It's more about. Uh, we've I've made a mistake here because my family's livelihood is as at risk here just based on the business decisions.
0: Right, right. Okay. There was also, there was also something that went on here at this time too. I knew that Jim Ross and and Bill Watts were very friendly, or, or had obviously business partners, if you will, and, right. and, and it worked together. And in, in the scheme of things, I had a I thought that when Watts came in. That he wouldn't want to use me at all,
1: um, just based on the relationship he had with Jr. Right, and, and he, of course I was I was wrong. They did use me.
0: He cut my money, but he used me. Um,
1: and we've talked about that here on the show. As soon as Eric gets power, he gives you your money back. Right, exactly. Yeah,
0: but uh, so I was. I thought I was really concerned here, but as time went along under Bill Watts. Again, and I've mentioned this before, I I got to the point to where I really like working with him. I I respected him uh, because he, and he still is to this day, uh, the only boss I've worked with in wrestling that not only tells me what he wants me to say, but told me why he wanted me to say it. Why? He, 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 He taught me about his thought process, and I appreciated that. I really did. So uh he was kind of a teacher as well. And there you see Tech Slasinger, I guess, uh, and they would go on to be the Godwins.
1: Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, they would be the Godwins, and then at one point, very briefly, they would be Southern Justice, and then uh I think everybody knows that Phineas would go on to have a singles run as Midian as part of the Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness. Uh, but here we see uh the early days of this tag team and they get a win over an enhancement team here. Uh, I thought it was an okay match for what it was. And let's go backstage. Tony Schiavone, you're with Harley race and big van Vader. Well,
0: thank God. And let's talk to the one in uh, God's green earth. I've never seen a guy as big as this. Let me tell you something. I understand that in the future, they're going to take the belt, the championship that I once held. They're going to give it to a guy like David Arquette. They're going to give it to a guy like Vince Russo. What does it say about this?
1: later it says that i need i need more time i can't believe that they've got me on wcw saturday night and they've got me with holly race and i'm out here with this slap dick tony shivani i should be in new japan that's where they appreciate my heart-hitting style i don't want to be here so i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna break a man's back you hear me tony i'm gonna break a man's back but it would probably be a welcome elimination for him. Did I have to smell my gloves?
0: I can smell the gloves right now. Let's go back to JR and
1: Michael. You know, one of the things I've always appreciated watching old shows like this is Harley Race is one of those guys where, to me, he's been the same age forever. You know, we <laughs> don't ever really lump him in there. Sassafras, welcome back to WCW Saturday Night. I'm here embarrassing myself with, the, with Michael P.S. Hayes, who needs to take a book out of the Shawn Michaels page and go ahead, or page out of the Shawn Michaels book. I'll get it right, folks. And he needs to cut all his damn hair off. Scullets are not in in 2018, and they weren't in in 1992. Why are you committed to this mop, this mangy mop, on the top of your head, Mr. Hayes? It's not as if the free birds are still running wild all over Texas. But
0: I can remember back when we were running wild. Do you remember that time we slammed uh, the head of, uh, what are those? Uh, well, I can't remember. Rick Flair. No, uh, Rick Flair was involved. Oh, I was a referee and we slammed Carrie Von Eric's uh, head into the cage. And then we had a riot. I remember that.
1: I do remember that. And, and I think you won't let anybody not remember that back when you was on top in oral class, but they're out of business, just like everything I've touched. Now let's go talk about some good business with Barry Windham and Ricky Steamboat. All right. Clash of the champions. And this
0: came to you from, uh, who's, who is that? Is that Shane Douglas in there? with
1: Yes, me? it is. Shane Douglas is the tag team partner here of Ricky, the dragon steamboat.
0: Look how young and skinny he was, and good looking Shane Douglas was. What happened to him?
1: Uh, he was like a dynamic looking dude there. You know? <laughs> yes, he was. My God. Oh uh, boy. We, we, you, you got to admit. We oh okay. Can I just make? Can I just give you a hot take here? Yes. Who would have thought in this match? As we look back and we see Steamboat tagging with Douglas, who had a yeah. ton of upside. Barry Windham on the other side tagging with Dustin. Yeah, the biggest star out of all of them, yeah. Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, I mean when you think about his historic gold dust run, don't get me wrong. I'm not discounting the in ring quality matches that we got from Ricky Steamboat or what we got from Barry Windham, but realistically, if you just poll casual wrestling fans or fans on the street without question, as Tony Schiavone would say, Goldust is the most recognizable. Do I use that term without question? Without question. Huh. There you go. So
0: this is from the Clash of the Champions. This is this past Wednesday. Uh, you just saw a head to the dick move uh, and and Steamboat is selling out of that. And now look at, Paul, cool, Look at Barry Windham yank him down. Wow. So now Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes are having their problems. Oh my God. How about this? These two men are, are, I'm trying to think where this was, what clash of the champions this was belly to belly suplex. One, two, three. Shane Douglas gets the win in this one. How about that?
1: this is one of the reasons that people say that wcw 1992 is one of their best years i mean look at what we've seen so far vader barry windham ricky steamboat shane douglas dustin rhodes that's a lot of wrestling talent as far as actual match quality i'm not going to say they're the biggest stars in the business but they certainly know how to have tremendous matches and we see dustin and barry who just lost the tag titles and now they're going to Looks like they're going to get into the shit in a battle of the Austin Hall boots. <laughs> those boots that Dustin is wearing right there were on eBay a few years ago for like six grand or something dumb. How much you pay for it? I didn't fucking buy those. You didn't? No. They're, the comps don't support it.
0: Okay. I just, so, and in, in, in you're a big collector here. Yeah. Whoa, how about that DDT? You're a big collector here. So Dustin's boots go on sale. Apparently Dustin sold it to a collector who then
1: sold it. That's right. Or did, all right. Just one. Or someone stole them from Dustin. Right. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> you know, it, it may have been, you know, an, an ex-wife or, I mean, I don't know, you know, that oh, stuff leaks oh. out. No, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying like on any given day, you can ask Ric Flair, Hey man, uh, how many of your robes did you keep? And he'll just cut a long promo about how his ex-wife stole them all.
0: Well, that was angle was not as good as what happened on Christmas day at reunion arena, but it was a damn good angle. Terry Gordy would have made it better. Had we had a cage and had, we had a riot Jim Ross.
1: Well, be that as it may, we're going to go ahead and try to milk this gravy train as long as we can. I was the one who personally was able to broker this deal for the cowboy. So we could get this company under Ted Turner and Crockett control. Of course I say Ted Turner first, because once we built the Crockett's now we're out here belking the Turners,
0: and I'm here with the World Tag Team Champions. Can you believe it? How many joints do you think, guys, that I have inhaled tonight before I stepped in the ring with this uh, mic pack on my
1: back? Uh, here you go. By the way, let me just say, this is a cool look here for for you guys as tag team champions. Two sets of belts here, two sets of Reggie Parks belts. Very cool designs. The old school sort of Crockett style design. Uh, on top and then the brand new WCW tag team titles that we would even see years later teams like the Harlem Heat, even the outsiders Hall and Nash, they would carry those. Oh and there comes Barry Windham with a run in. Mm. And chairs around for everybody. Lots of chair shots as everybody's covering up. Good stuff here, man.
0: This is a good this is good stuff. You're exactly right.
1: Hard hitting is- wrestling. You know, we we talk a lot about the silliness here of wrestling. A lot on the show. Right. But man, this is good stuff. I could see why people are really, really in. By the way, JR here sporting that classic Tony Schiavone double breasted joint.
0: <laughs> double breasted joint? Yeah. Uh, double breasted joint right here. I got it for you right here. Uh, but I, again, this angle was, I would have done a little bit differently. I would have uh, smashed uh, one of the Von Eric's heads into the cage because you know we were over back in world class championship wrestling.
1: I think Michael Hayes would have blinded a black guy. <laughs> Seriously, blinding JYD got to be like top three moment in his career, right? Maybe two. I, I guess so. Absolutely.
0: And now let's bring in Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Paul, tell us that uh, discussion you and Tony Schiavone had at a restaurant in Orlando, Florida one time when you were talking about crazy stuff that you had done in your youth. Well, I told Schiavone, I said, listen. Did you ever climb a tree, pull down your pants, and take a shit just to see it fall down on the ground?
1: I can't believe this is real.
0: And Shivani said, what you? well, well, huh, what did Shivani? Shivani said, no, you fucking dumbass. Who in the world does that? I mean, for crying out loud. And I said, I do that. So here's the deal. Here at center stage, I'm tough. I'm in the ring. But if you want to challenge me in the backstage area at center stage, God damn it, I'll do it too. And I'm talking to you, Vader, I can win a match in the ring. I can be an agent. I can be a trainer. And then if you won't do what we want you to do out here on camera, I may just kick your ass in the back. And that will be the legend that lives from center stage. Not this wrestling, not Shivani, not Ventura, not Jim Ross. It'll be me kicking Vader's ass in the back because I'm all man. Absolutely. And I've stretched many people. Hell, I was on top with Hogan in a cage in the WWE. And now here I am, a fucking slapdick, a fucking guy who used to be a star. And now look, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm pissed off here, Jim. I'm absolutely pissed off. I don't know if I'm pissed off about Bill Watts buying the business or you being here beside me, but I'm pissed.
1: While you were doing that promo, I couldn't help myself. And I just wanted to see would it be possible for us to get a domain like a dot com where we could sort of celebrate that Paul Ondor story you're so proud of. And I've got great news, Tony. Really? Treeshitter.com is available. <laughs> if we want to if we want to go ahead and snag treeshitter.com, it can be ours.
0: And hey, what will we put on Treeshitter.com? Oh, Tommy Young. What can we put on uh,
1: treeshitter.com?
0: Whatever we want. We would own it at that point. Notice how Larry Santo's
1: name was kind of crooked. Larry yeah. Santo here, by the way, looks like an all-state insurance adjuster.
0: Yeah, he does. Uh, he's the uh, long-lost nephew of uh, Ron Santo. He used to play for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, that's not true. But, the, oh, my God, the, look at the barbarian. He's just mauling this guy. Wasn't the barbarian such a, a pleasant gentleman? I mean i we we say a lot of crazy shit, but he was at Starcast, wasn't he
1: oh man it's it's one of those weird deals where I could never tell like, is he happy? Is he lulling me into a false sense of security? Is he gonna eat me? right I mean, he's still him both him and haku those are uh those are grown ass men
0: uh, yeah, those are grown ass men who in their uh in the later stages of their lives could fucking still beat most people walking today. Uh and and that's because you could never hurt these guys, especially after they got a couple of drinks in them. You could never hurt them.
1: Of the as, uh, as Rick Flair would say the fire water. Exactly after, A couple of funny
0: stories here, uh or one funny story uh from Starcast, uh the day of Starcast, we were trying to find the barbarian so uh Conrad had me called the barbarian. And <laughs> so Hello? Oh, no shit. He answered the phone. (laughs) What am I going to say now? Uh, Barbarians, Tony. Tony, Tony, uh, I just want to make sure you're in. Yes, I'm in. Uh, I hope no one wants me to talk because, you know, the barbarian never talked. I said, yeah, but, you know, times have changed. Okay, we'll talk about it. Goodbye. So I'm thinking, that motherfucker's going to come down and put a a fucking hit on me.
1: I know. Like – (laughs) That was the thing is when he told us he wasn't going to talk, I was like, it's a fucking podcast convention, so (laughs) I'm going to need you to do a little bit of talking, and then ultimately I was like, listen, just get on stage and chase Tommy Young, and if you want to sit down and talk, you can, and please don't hurt us.
0: And he sat down and he talked, which was wonderful.
1: And not only did he talk, the story he told, I mean, (laughs) it was cleaned up, it was PG, but it's yeah. identical to the story we told here on the show. It, it, but, and you and I were like, "What the why fuck? did this I is like is real. <laughs> yeah, I thought this whole time that it was just David Flair just joshing, just right. you know, shenanigans, you know, let's not let the truth get in the way of a good story. Let's just be funny. Let's pop the boy. I just, You know, ha-ha. No, yeah. it was real.
0: Interesting that Cactus Jack is his manager here. They it, put Cactus Jack with him because he was such a good talker uh and the barbarian didn't talk so they wanted to have someone that could talk and i and of course like that,
1: that pairing by the way i think that makes sense
0: yeah it does and of course that led to i believe the barbarian and if you go back in the archives uh, in one of the in the main and one of the main events uh with cactus jack as his manager all right here we're back again here we go
1: her man there's so many stand-ups here was jr like jr's had more face time on this show than anybody on the whole show yeah he did uh Jim was big into that, you know, we
0: would format shows, Jim and I would, uh, especially I don't, I'm not, we wouldn't format this show, uh, because Dusty would format this show, but we would format like the power hour and format some other shows, the uh, main event or whatever. And Jim would always put him on camera at the beginning of the segment and hit him on camera at the end of the segment. Oh boy, here we go. Nepotism at its best. Hiro Matsuda. Oh, voice of Tony Shivani and Ole Anderson. What the hell? I guess we're teaching the kids how to wrestle. This is, uh, well, I know there's Eric Watts and there's buff Bagwell. Holy shit. And is that, uh, see now this is classic Bill Watts stuff right here,
1: right? A training video, just showing the guys working through some stuff in the ring before the fans get in.
0: Well, what we're, do, the, the, what we're doing here is we're trying to show the STF and give the move to Eric Watts, and that's going to be his move as trained by Hiro Matsuda. So th- that, that's what this is all about.
1: Do you think so, that maybe back then somebody should have tried to give Eric Watts the STFU? <laughs> I think a lot of the fans ended up doing that. Why do you think? This is? I'm being serious here. Why do you think Eric Watts was the shits? Like, I'm not saying like his in ring performance. I just mean it feels like fans were just they they had already decided, fuck this guy, right? Like, why do you? I mean, I don't even. I'm not like a huge Eric Watts fan, but I'm just saying like, why not even? Did they just start the whole thing over again? This is the same thing we just saw. Yeah, they. I think they did. They just showed that same clip twice. I just want to know, like, why did fans unanimous, almost unanimously hate Eric Watts?
0: Because they got it. They understood why he was in that position. That Eric Watts, all of us, Eric Watts, all of a sudden did not just become an enhancement guy and work his way up and have a gimmick that caught on Eric Watts. All of a sudden was in mid-level and then all of a sudden he was in a main eventer and everybody knew what was going on and they didn't appreciate that. You know, there's a, a lot of people have a, a big heart on about nepotism. They really do. And I get that. But as a dad, as a father, I also get the fact that you want to help your kids. So, um, that was it. They just realized what was going on with Eric Watts and to, to Eric's credit, he worked really hard and was a, was a hardworking kid, likable guy. People liked him the, behind the scenes. And he was in a tough spot. But, hey, if you're in that spot, if your dad is going to push Conrad Thompson, you're going to take the spot, right?
1: Well, but here's – I mean, I don't know another way to ask this, and I don't mean this to be ugly. Why didn't they do that for Dustin Rhodes? Well, oh,
0: why didn't they uh, – uh, Shit on uh, Dustin Rhodes. Right. Well, I, I think it's part of the territory. Uh, Bill Watts was not part of uh, the uh, WCW Atlanta territory like Dusty Rhodes was. And let's face it, Dustin was a better performer than Eric Watts.
1: Hey, let me ask you this. Is this one of those, because they're taping at center stage here, this is a weird time to be a wrestling fan, but it is an enhancement match. So you got a guy who's clearly just based on physique and lack of ring entrance and The gear, just all that. Bob Cook, clearly the enhancement guy, but he's American. By default, as a wrestling fan in 1992, were we sort of not trained to believe that because he's American, then that means he's the baby face here. Even if you don't know anything about the Japanese competitor, he's the heel because he's not American, right?
0: Right. Right. Yeah, the old U.S.A. Yeah. U.S.A. It's bullshit.
1: Just, that, that's so weird to me. that I Because I don't think that necessarily exists really today. No. What changed?
0: Well, society changed.
1: But isn't that fascinating, though, just to see how different the mentality was where you could just see two guys know nothing about either one. One is clearly the superior athlete, but we're going to boo him because he doesn't look like us. And now exactly. that's now that's a lot different.
0: Well, yeah, and and well, uh, I mean they they uh, they they boo what's his name now? They turned him heel. Who's the Japanese guy in the WWE?
1: I assume you're talking about Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura, yeah. They
0: started out cheering him,
1: and now they boo him. And I, I guess well, now, but, it's, but it's, they're booing him because he's running around punching people in the dick. Okay. <laughs> and if you yeah. if, if you're if you're known for just being a dick puncher. Mm -hmm. People are going to boo you. Like, nobody cheers a dick puncher. No,
0: uh, and and there's a good reason why. Because that's not nice. And we want to be nice in 2018.
1: Is there such a thing as a nice dick puncher?
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've never had my dick punched nicely. Oh, we can fix that. I bet you (laughs) can. I bet you can, Conrad.
1: You know what Uh, I've decided, by the way? I've decided that we're doing another bachelor party. Okay. I'm going to ignore that one. No, no. It's and, going to be for you though. Cause I'm going to have you and Lois renew your vows. We've talked about this before, but like now I'm not, it's not like something we're going to talk about. I'm just doing it. Okay. You're l- just going l- to go me, to l- one of these live shows and it's going to turn into a bachelor party. Okay.
0: I, I, you know, I get that, but, but let me also explain to you this, uh, For Lois and I to, I'm worried more about renewing the vows than I'm the bachelor party. For Lois and I to renew our vows, that means we're going to have to have a honeymoon night that night. Right? After the vows. No, you don't have to. Okay, good. All right, then I'm all for it.
1: But if you did, I could teach her how to nicely punch you in the dick.
0: (laughs) She wouldn't know how to do that. You could teach her all night. She wouldn't know it because she doesn't know where it is. She'd swing and miss. And, you know, uh, going back to your, uh, before you got into some, uh, silly shit about a bachelor party, um, uh, back then we used to use the term he Pearl Harbor'd him." Oh
1: right? my God. I know. You know, right? it's funny. Cause when we had that girl come to the room for the bachelor party and she was of Asian descent and you were over in the room in the corner, like talking about how you wanted a Pearl Harbor and you're trying to throw salt in her eyes. And you had like a hook cane. I was like Tony you can't do that it's 2018 and then you were like trying to tiptoe behind her it was really weird
0: I know and you you said put on the put the STF on her like uh, Hiro Matsudo, and I said no
1: and then you I mean, applied the A- Eric Watts version and she <laughs> turned around and nicely punched you in the dick
0: <laughs> There you go stories to stories from the past so, anyway, uh, you can't use the term Pearl Harbor anymore. I mean, why not? No,
1: you should have never been able to use it. Why are you saying why not? Why? Is that, is that offensive? Oh,
0: my gosh. Those motherfuckers bombed us.
1: Oh, my gosh. What are you saying right now? <laughs> they did. How, how, how am I from Alabama <laughs> and even I know better than what you're doing right now? It's not like we're knocking on the race or the culture. It's you said kno- those motherfuckers. <laughs> well, they did. Some motherfucker did. Not the guy who just did a drop kick in the corner. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> well, some. When, the, you're trying to tell me that the people that bombed us at Pearl Harbor weren't motherfuckers. Is that what you're trying to tell me?
1: No, you just said those motherfuckers, implying that I'm, it was everyone of Asian descent.
0: No shit. I wasn't there. Hell, they could have gone to uh they could have gone to to uh let's say uh to Germany and got a bunch of pilots and went to the kamikaze pilot down and uh listen to you. What are you doing?
1: Hey, you know what? They're going to commercial. I'll bet they come back and it's more fucking JR. You wanna get you on a bet? Let's bet.
0: Let's okay, let's see. And three, two, one. Uh we oh, go.
1: Wow. I was wrong. Hmm. Maybe, maybe we've had no more. I bet there's no more Jr. Really? I bet we, we front loaded the Jr. Now, how about at this? We've never really talked about this or it's been a while at least, man. Look at Rick rude, checking out Medusa. How jealous are you? Yeah. She's front loaded too, buddy. Yikes. Uh, well talk to me about, uh, the belt being on the outside of the robe. Where are you at on that?
0: Yeah. I, I never liked that at all.
1: I, I you know, I know it's. It's different from the way flair did it, but I do think it's kind of cool just because it's really? different.
0: Well, it is. He's got it on crooked here,
1: by the it way. Doesn't... Uh, that belt is in the other room. Ah, okay. I snagged that one this year. It's my, it's my best find of the year.
0: Uh, rhubarb, the I, uh, rhubarb Jones, who I believe is no longer with us was the uh, ring announcer, big, uh, uh, country music radio personality take a look at this
1: oh duo. wow how about this that gear that uh sting's wearing in the ring a private collector just bought that this past week how about the van hammer hat is that available anywhere no nobody wants that but that sting outfit man he never sold any of that stuff so the, to get a full outfit he got the tights the boots the jacket the whole deal yeah that's a cool look i I've, i wish that uh we could get you to dress up like this for halloween <laughs> hey, that's what we're gonna do okay you're gonna be sting and we'll have Cassio be Ravishing Recruit. Okay. And I'll be Cactus Jack. And we'll go, we'll go trick or treating in your neighborhood. What do you in think? My,
0: I was hoping to have this in Huntsville, Alabama. I, I
1: have one neighbor, dude.
0: Well, I was hoping we could go to any neighborhood. They do have neighborhoods in Huntsville, Alabama. We could go to one of those. I
1: wouldn't know. I only know about my neighborhood. Okay.
0: Well, I thought maybe you were going to have a Halloween party, but... No, I am.
1: I am. But you're not coming. I mean, fuck, you only come to my wedding. So now you're what? coming to Halloween parties?
0: Well, are you going to have the Halloween party on the day of a game? No, it's on a Friday
1: night. Okay.
0: Well, then maybe I can come Friday night. By the way? way,
1: we're blowing it the fuck out, too. I'm just giving you a heads up. Really? Yep. Halloween party at my house always a big deal. 26th, Friday night.
0: Friday night, 26th. It's going to be and jumping. I'm going to be in Florida.
1: Yeah, I thought you might. So um we're gonna need somebody to dress up like sting
0: i'll send a kid over dress up like sting one of my kids
1: well make it a good one make it matt (laughs) okay all right thanks
0: trying to think which ones of my kids are good i mean chris is good matt's good
1: okay listen i'll take chris chris or matt i don't want any of the low rate Shivanis. yeah yeah, you, we don't you want got them. those jobber Shivani's. I need to yeah. stay their ass over in Marietta. <laughs> knock, knock,
0: knock. Who is this? Hey, jobber Shivani. Well, <laughs> oh, you're dressed up like Bob Cook. Yes. Well, that's why I'm, I'm the Bob Cook of the Shivani family.
1: By the way, uh, we were talking about uh, live show guests. Like, hey man, should we do guests for the show? And then uh, I, <laughs> I asked about the live show with um, Eric Pischoff at in Baltimore at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. And I said, hey, man, uh, who lives in Baltimore? And somebody said, uh, I think Van Hammer does. <laughs> can you imagine if you came to our live show and the special guest was Van fucking Hammer? Oh, my God. I was like, no, dude, we'd actually like to come back. We don't want to kill the town. So <laughs> Van Hammer can't come. By the way, you can come see us. All you've got to do. Uh, is go ahead and check out tomzink.com. November 11th is going to be here before you know it. We're going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. Flair Country, man. Three o'clock in the afternoon. Doors open at 2 30. If you're VIP, you can come on in at 1 30 and uh, get your pictures, get your autographs. We've got some special collectibles for you. It's going to be a good time. Our first live show in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte. Pick up your tickets right now at tomzinc.com. And over at lowkeybighog.com, we're coming to Zany's in Nashville on December 16th. Don't you dare miss it. It's going to be a great time. Uh, we're going to be able to go ahead and get you started again at 3 o'clock. Doors are going to open at 1.30 if you're a VIP. And tickets for both of these shows are just 35 bucks. So check them out right now. TomZink.com and lowkeybighog.com or where you can find them.
0: With our special guests, Eric Watts and Evan Courageous.
1: You know, this is really weird because when you look at this and I know I say this a lot here on the show, but Mick Foley, Hall of Famer, Ravishing Mm -hmm. Rick Rude, Hall of Famer, Mm -hmm. Sting, Hall of Famer, Mm -hmm. even Randy Anderson, one of the best referees of all time. Mm -hmm. And then Van fucking Hammer. Exactly. What what was it about? I mean, Hammer had a great look. Obviously WCW was banking on that. Arn Anderson tells a hilarious story about how, you know, Van hammer was supposed to be the savior of WCW. He's supposed to be WCW's answer to Hulk Hogan. And when business is down, he comes strutting that ass in like he's God's gift. That's right. And Arn stands up and says, Hey, everybody, calm down. Don't worry. (laughs) Business is going to go through the roof. Now we've got the second coming of Hulk Hogan. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together, Mr. Van hammer, he's here to save the day. <laughs> and of course, as we know, WCW certainly positioned him that way. I mean, they're trying to align him with sting. Who is certainly the franchise.
0: When I first saw Van hammer, there was no question. He had the look right. That eighties rockers look, looked great, but are is right. I mean, he, he really thought a lot. He really had a big ego. Really, really did. And when we thought he would be the quote-unquote savior of WCW, he, he really thought that. So he wasn't, wasn't that easy to work with either.
1: Do you think it was the guitar that killed him?
0: <laughs> no, because Jeff Jarrett prospered.
1: No, he didn't. Come on, Jeff Jarrett broke 6,000 guitars, never drew a dime.
0: Okay, but Van Hammer didn't hit anybody with a guitar. Maybe if he would have hit someone with his guitar, maybe it would have been over. Maybe he would have been our savior. Just pick up the guitar and whack somebody in the dick with it. Maybe that would have worked.
1: By the way, Van Hammer, when, when Rick Rude just did that final jump on his back, didn't mm-hmm. sell it at all, made Rick Rude look like a fucking asshole.
0: And then he oversold that knee lift that time from Cactus Jack, jumped up in
1: the air. Man, he was just a turd. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is comically bad. You got to <laughs> watch this. If, I know a lot of our listeners listening without actually doing a watch along, but... To see early Cactus Jack, I me and you've never really talked about this, but have you seen all of Cactus Jack's other characters? You know, he's been McFoley, Foley, he's been Mankind, he's been Dude Love. Did you see any of the other incarnations?
0: I saw Mankind. That was the only other one that I saw.
1: For my money, Cactus Jack was the absolute best.
0: The early Cactus Jack. And I guess we can consider
1: this early Cactus oh, Jack. Oh, yes, absolutely. Cactus Jack, you know, from the time he debuted up until, you know, he makes his way over to the WWF and I enjoyed mankind, but I think like that 1996 mankind was my favorite by the time we get and some of 97, but certainly 96, I think through the end of 96 backwards, that was my favorite era of Foley stuff. And I know he really became the megastar in 98, but I enjoyed the early stuff and I'm not trying to be that guy. When I say that, by the way, how would you describe the positioning of the camera here? I I think the term would be drizzling shits.
0: Mm -hmm. It would be drizzling shits. Absolutely.
1: The hard cam is not level or balanced or centered at all. And the ropes are coming in at weird angles. And it looks like people are sitting sideways. It's just really bad. And what the fuck is Van Hammer doing? You know, (laughs) if, if Hulk hulks up, is he goofing up? No, he's goofing (laughs) out. What is he
0: doing? He just uh, he's overselling. I mean, and everything he did was, was now there you know, Rude's probably saying, you know, fucking do something in this ring. Uh talking to him right there. But yeah, he just he he was he was put in the position and that he thought he was a star. And I can't get enough of Medusa.
1: Wow. What'd you think about Medusa's bangs?
0: Uh I never did notice her bangs. I love you for that. When, when she walked in, I was noticing something else. I just, I'm I'm not going to be able to look at Medusa again and think about anything but riding bitch on her bike.
1: Which you did at sarcast. Yeah. A little surprise. By the way, when I was looking in the crowd here, there is a lady wearing what looks like a Ron Simmons shirt. It is a black shirt with a white imprint and it just looks like the face of Ron Simmons. Mm -hmm. And I'm just realizing that was the inspiration for the Jim Cornette face shirt. I had, I I had no idea that was the thing.
0: Wow. So we're saying that Cornette ripped off a Ron Simmons shirt.
1: No, I don't think Cornette did it. I think a fan thought, Hey, that would be cool with this picture and did it. I mean, it's not ripped off. It's inspired. Inspired. Okay. All right. We got it. Absolutely.
0: Uh, This is the time, uh, I guess in 1992, by this time, Ron Simmons was the world champion.
1: I just looked it up and indeed that is the shirt and it's, uh, it's on eBay. They've got one. Okay. Do you want one? No.
0: Uh, fans kind of getting into this now a little bit. Well, of course, stings into
1: it. Boom on rude. Man. I absolutely loved, uh, sting and rude together. I loved sting and cactus together even more. All right. And Medusa. Obviously a hall of famer too. There is so much talent and Van hammer.
0: Yeah, I know. And I don't know how it's going to end, but holy shit.
1: Let me just tell you, I was a big fan of this look of the ring. And I know you've talked about before that you didn't really like this, but I loved it. Maybe it's because I had the, um, the toy ring that looked like this as a kid. Why didn't you like this color combination, this color scheme that WCW was using?
0: One thing, I thought the mat was too dark. I thought the mat should have been brighter. And of course I'm now I'm coming what the fuck who's it's the barbarian? And who else is that? And who is that? Is that is that Tony Atlas? Coming here comes Ron Simmons.
1: Look at the and, crowd go nuts for Ron Simmons.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Ron
1: Simmons has got a tie on but a short sleeve button up. He looks right. like he's here to fucking fix your copy machine. <laughs> it needs toner, damn. <laughs>
0: or maybe he's a Jehovah Witness knocking on your door.
1: What are you doing today? You're trying to alienate all religions, all, <laughs> all the different ethnicities.
0: Yeah, well, you're alienating every toner guy in the world.
1: Fuck everybody the toner Office, guys. Yeah,
0: everybody at Office Depot is going to going to picket this show.
1: Look. By at the this. way, <laughs> as Harley Race is scurrying around we talked about this earlier about Mm -hmm. how he's one of those guys who seemed like the same age forever you know i'm I'm obsessed with time and i just i'm just so fascinated with it harley race here is 49 years old aka the same age as triple h today wow so when we look at harley here i think of harley as like this old man but he's the same age as triple h right he really wasn't an old man it's crazy All right. We're going to see JR when we come back. I I don't know if we are. Yes, we are. There we go. That's what I needed. (laughs) How about man, the riot that they had down at the copy machine today. I just told the
0: people, you need to buy a new toner, need to buy a new toner. And they said, listen, come to office max women, office max out of business. Come to office Depot, come to office Depot right now and buy the toner. That's right. For all you motherfuckers in here, free tone over everybody. And let me say this. I will put a fucking smackdown on your ass, Van Veda. And I have this dip shit standing beside of me.
1: Oh God. Can you believe I, Van Hammer is positioned here? Not only with sting, but now your world champion, Ron Simmons.
0: Getting the rub, man. Getting the rub. Hmm. Another Jr. There you go. I've got the king of the cable, uh, nice trophy to put in your, uh, wonder who's got that trophy. If anybody does,
1: I don't know, but I'll tell you what, well, I won't tell you what, <laughs> just stay tuned. How's that? Okay.
0: Johnny B Bat and Scotty Flamingo and boxy match in the clash of the champions. Ooh.
1: <laughs> by the way, Nick <sighs> Patrick, One of the all-time great referees. But let me just tell you, if I was running a wrestling promotion, zero chance. I'm letting Nick Patrick be a referee for me. Why would that be? He's so much taller than everybody. I need the referees to make the guys look bigger, which is why I would only have like horse jockeys as referees. Okay. That's, you know, something I never thought of. I'd run down to the track and I'd find me the smallest bitch I could. And I'd make sure that, you know, he was a loser. And he was not winning any races. And then we'd be, then that's what I would do. By the way, you see Vinnie Vegas and diamond Dallas page here working together right. with Scotty, the body, He would go on to be Raven diesel and diamond Dallas page three world champions here, but here they look like a bunch of fucking goofs and amazing. T- it is amazing that you've got all that talent on the left side of the ring. And then on the right, Mark fucking marrow and Teddy long. It's just, it is interesting to me that everybody was going to have all this great success and the guy who was getting the push here, not so much.
0: They liked his look, man. They liked his charisma. You know, I was there and we were in Columbus, we were in Columbus, Georgia.
1: What do you think a uh, serious business? I know he's your friend. What do you think Scott Levy's career would have looked like? Had he not been Raven? Had he just continued with, the uh, Scotty, the body and John, Scotty Flamingo and Johnny Polo. And had he just continued down that route, how different might his career have been?
0: We would have be thinking about him in the same vein as we'd be thinking about Bob Cook.
1: Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is.
0: Because I, I, to me, he's one of the guys that you cannot really separate the gimmick from the man. Right. I mean, that's,
1: that's, that's Raven.
0: That's it. That. Oh my God. This is all JR 24
1: This is a JR show. This is the 17th stand up that we've gotten. And we've got a 49 year old Harley Race espousing his new sandwich shop, uh, the Bad Santa Sandwich Club. It's downtown, uh, it's free delivery within a three mile radius. And here's oh. Sting, who's not sure what the hell to do with this two buff. That was so bad. That was comically bad. You've got to see this. And Vader's not even sure, like, am I selling this? Okay, I guess I'll sell it. So they send Randy Anderson out to push him back. Sting runs out with a two-by-four, but he doesn't just hit him with it, and he's not sure what to do with it. And they just look at each other for a minute, and then Vader gives him his back, and then Sting hits him.
0: But, of course, now the, the angle is, how will Vader be for his semifinal match against Dustin Rhodes in King of the Cable? because he's been hit by the two by four now.
1: Is, are we going to see JR?
0: <laughs> We Yes! Yes! <laughs> he didn't disappoint. Let me tell you this, Jim Ross. How many fucking on-cameras are you going to have? Shit, back when I was world champion, they only saw me on camera one goddamn time. And I'm <laughs> so fucking mad that goddammit, how many more fucking times he going to be on camera? I don't give a fuck about this trophy.
1: <laughs> Man, that trophy, what a piece of shit. We should make one. We should make a what happened when King of the Cable. I'm going to do that. You are? That's what I'm going to do on my Saturday. Okay. I'm not going to watch the Alabama game. They're just going to fucking destroy them. So that's what I'm doing today. I'm going to work on the King of the Cable trophy.
0: And what are we going to do with that King of the Cable trophy?
1: We're going to stick it up your ass. There they are again. He's back.
0: God damn. How many? Bring Bill. I, I get it. I understand you taking over the company, but what did you take over the company for just to put Jr. on camera? What the, Hey, let me tell you this. It's all real. Now I told Sting. I want a real match and everything is real. Learn how to snatch a headlock. Nobody's coming off the top rope and that's it. I'm the cowboy. I run things here. Harley race. You may have been the world heavyweight champion, but I'm bill Watts. And if you keep it up, I'm going to have Vader take on Eric Watts. How about that? Get the fuck out of here. All right, Jim, you can be on camera as much as you want.
1: I'm getting that wow. fucking trophy made.
0: <laughs> what are we going to do with the trophy? I mean, you you just going to put it in your, in your office.
1: No, I'm going to have it in your, uh, home studio uh-huh. or mine. And maybe okay. that's what we'll do is we'll flip flop. Whoever's king of the cable has the trophy that month. That'd be good we'll let fans vote at live shows and they can get their pictures made with it.
0: That is, that is great. You know
1: then, what we'll do? Instead of saying King of the Cable, I'll have multiple little labels at the bottom and we'll uh-huh. just call ourselves, uh, King of the podcast.
0: King of the podcast. Why not? That's, well, that'd be cool. Will, will Bruce get mad if we do that?
1: How would he oh. know? He'd have to fucking listen, you know? Yeah. He don't, he don't listen to his own show, his own voicemail. Yeah, he does nothing. He's does. just wandering around, goes by the bank once a month. Did they make my direct deposit yet? Okay, cool. I'd like to remove it all in small unmarked bills.
0: Huh. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. So this is for the king of the cable.
1: And by the way, you know, we're, we're talking about what a great year 92 was and how much wrestling talent there is. Your main event here, Vader and Dustin Rhodes. This is good stuff. Damn right it is. You can't
0: deny that we've, we've had, you can't deny we've had good matches here, right? No no argument,
1: no argument. And, uh, Dustin did them in his $6,000 wrestling boots.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Watch Vader, man. Wow. Dustin sunset flip. Vader is going to just fucking sit on his, no, he moved out of the way.
1: Can you imagine how bad that hurt? I know there's a lot of people who are like, Oh, it couldn't hurt bad. It's just on his butt. But over time, man, all that weight falling directly on your back like that, it's got to have some sort of effect on your vertebrae.
0: No, there's no question. And, and obviously, you know, Vader left us way too soon. And a lot of it had to do with not only his size, uh, but my God, a guy this big uh, taking
1: bumps. You know, that, that's such a crazy thing to think about too. We're talking about Harley's age. Who would have thought as we're seeing all these Harley and Vader promos in this show that the person to leave us first would be Vader. The youngest guy there is the first one to leave us. It's it's a shame, man. You see, Oli Anderson sitting ringside, yeah, just with a chair and a suit, chilling.
0: He's the he's the director of talent, I believe, I, I, something like that. That was his gimmick because Oli and I voiced over the Eric Watts thing, so he was like, I don't know, they hit, I don't know what he was, but he was something. Well, look at this, Larry Zabisco's out taking notes as well. Holy shit! We are loaded with talent, man. we got Oli Anderson. we got Larry Zbysko here. I mean, we're talking about talent on many, many levels. I guess they're judging. Maybe they're judges. It's right? funny,
1: too, because at this point, of course, Vader is a good talent, and he's certainly a top guy, but nobody would know the legacy he would go on to have in WCW because he's not done here. He's going to have a few more really great years. There's old Matsuda making some notes as well. Yep. But, uh. You know, Dustin's going to go on to have an incredible run. Dustin is still a baby here. You want to take a stab at how old Dustin is?
0: Dustin would be 23 here.
1: Look at you. That's a good guess. He's only 49 years old right now. So right now in present time, he is how old Harley race is in the video. Wow.
0: Yeah. Dustin, uh, Dustin went to East Mecklenburg high school in, in uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. And, uh, I think he played football and he was wrestling. I'm not sure. As a matter of fact, he, he was a very good football player at East Mac. So, um, I remember Dustin, you know, obviously like I remember, you know, all the kids back then. Uh, but he was a talent man. I mean, I, and of course, as we've, wow, look at that elbow. As we've said many times, he had one of the better
1: entrances songs. Oh Entrance. my God. It's the worst song in the history of worst songs. Oh.
0: Well, that's because you—that's because you don't like you don't like country music. You like that rap shit.
1: Oh stuff. my god, are you being serious? You like the natural?
0: It was it was snappy. It was real snappy. I, it was pretty cool. Uh, I, I don't like it. No. Back the words, man. Oh, call it the natural, natural.
1: Oh, you, you're you looking for the... I got you. You want yeah. like the updated version. Because uh, they did like three versions. They did? Yeah.
2: Well, they called it the natural. Natural to me. Yeah, they call it the natural.
0: man
1: I can't believe you like that
2: <laughs> They call him
0: Conrad
1: You liked it better than like Vader's theme song here Yeah I did
0: It had it had look and it even you know uh they had as you know they had Starcade uh last uh last holiday season Yeah yeah uh, in Greensboro and I even think Dustin came out to this music.
1: No, he did. That's right. Yeah.
0: And then he talked about how bad the music was. I... Son of a gun! Son of a gun! I liked it, man. I like the music. I don't. I don't get why people shit on the music.
1: Because it sucked ass.
0: I know. Look, music—it's recognizable. Okay. It's like. It's like. And please, for God's sakes, for God's sakes, don't play it. But it's kind of like the Beetlejuice song that
1: we played here before. Why would you think you get, I would play that song? Yep.
0: Yeah, you, you get it in your head and you can't get it out. And that's what makes
1: it really good. I mean, he was in the house, though. Beetlejuice was. I mean, you know he's the best. Well, he's unique. This is a much better song, by the way. Vader's WCW thing was the shit, man. It's it? Good stuff. It's a shame he's gone, man.
0: I know, man. I I got to see him at uh, WrestleCon a couple of years ago. We talked, and you could tell he was in bad health. And I, I, well, you know, I mean, when you lose somebody like Vader, you lose a part of your childhood, don't you?
1: I mean, you don't, you were 60 when this was happening. No,
0: I was talking about you.
1: Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. I was trying to, I was such a big Vader fan. I wanted to try to buy the mask, like the big, the big, uh, steam gimmick.
0: Oh, that big one.
1: Yeah. Who's got it. His son owns it. I mean, I was negotiating with Vader for it when he passed away. Like we had agreed on a price. We were just trying to work out the times, like locations and whatnot feels really poor taste to try to hit his son up and say, Hey, so yeah, not saying we, I never will, but I don't think the time is right right now, but I think it would be a cool collectible man.
0: I think that leather mask would be a cool collectible too. You'd
1: have to keep it in the garage. How about the attic? Well, I mean, then we'd never fucking see it now, would we? Yeah.
0: I, I told you, I've, uh, just to let you, I'll give you an attic story.
1: Okay, there's my belt. I got that.
0: What else? No, uh, there's a lot of, uh, watch out a roll-up from Dustin. One, two, it could be. It's not over. Uh, We've had people come to our house uh, who said they would uh, go to our attic for $3,000, go to our attic and take everything out of our attic for us and put insulation in there, which is, they think we need that so as soon as i
1: is your utility bill really high right now
0: it's pretty high yeah
1: yeah then you should probably look into that yeah so are yeah. you going to just lay insulation or are you going to try to have them blow it
0: uh whatever they do i don't know i think I, they blow it yeah I, I thought you would probably ask them to blow you well, i might as well because they won't lay me
1: right oh the big guy on the outside by the way, it, I um, I was told recently that the WWF rings, like these at the Performance Center, were not made to be moved. Man, what a fucking flip that Dustin cut, and did so on the concrete.
0: You know why they come over this way? Just so JR can get on camera again. I love you. <laughs> it's it's got to be over there. He's got to be over
1: there somewhere. I wanted to ask about the rings, though. Uh, how long did it take? The ring crew to put up a ring here at center stage back in the day. It
0: would take about
1: three hours. Under the
0: watchful eye of Klondike bill. He was the best ring builder ever. He really was.
1: Now, when you say builder, do you mean like actually putting it together or do you mean building it like from scratch, creating it, the metal and all that?
0: No, he would put it together.
1: I don't, I don't, he would he,
0: assemble it, assemble it. Exactly. But you way, know, you had, to, you had to make sure it was done. Right.
1: I think MLW needs to get one of those neon lights like WCW Saturday night over in the corner. Really? How cool would that be? I don't know. I, I wish I had that WCW Saturday night thing. I'd put it in the studio in here and there <laughs> you go. Vader bomb from the second rope gets the job done clean in the middle Vader just dominates and decimates Dustin Rhodes. And he does so without gloves at all, which I think would be a stipulation for me working a match with Vader. Take the goddamn gloves off. Here's the replay. Tony, give us a call.
0: It's a big splash from the top from Vader and a cover one, two, three. Vader will go on to the championship of the king of the cable tournament here on WCW Saturday night. Oh, we got, got
1: we're going to get Jr. Yeah. Back on camera.
0: Here he goes. I said it before and I'll say it again. You can hit him with a two by four. You can put JR on camera a hundred times. It doesn't matter because, in the midst of God's green earth, he is still the man. And guess what? 30 years from now, I'm still going to be alive because I am Harley fucking race. And you are JR. Are we going to let him JR talk? We'll probably let JR talk before we let Vader talk. Go ahead, JR. Say something. Harley just, hardly man is going to town here, isn't he? Ah, really, really,
1: really fired up that JR had yeah. so much on camera time. I know,
0: absolutely. Well, there he is, king of cable, Vader. All right. We'll see you next week on Saturday night. Jim's going to get the last word in. There you go.
1: That was a fun show to revisit. I enjoyed you know, watching what? stuff from 92, and it gets a bad rap, I think. I agree.
0: Because I go back and I look, maybe maybe Watts was onto something here.
1: You know, it it is interesting to look at because I do feel like, and we know that wrestling is cyclical, or at least that's what we've always you know told ourselves as fans and people like you on the inside. Oh, the business is cyclical. Mm. Everybody was down in '92, like there, every promotion was down in '92. So. It was a down cycle, but at the same time, you know, Bill Watts is, is inheriting a company here that is hemorrhaging cash. So he's trying to cut whatever costs he can and try to bring things back towards old school wrestling. And if you were not, I don't think he was a, I don't think Watts was capable of creating a product that would get disenchanted, lapsed, disillusioned. Like the the fans who had left, who were no longer engaged with the wrestling product. I don't think he had a product that was going to get them back involved. And I certainly don't think that he could get just a casual fan interested in wrestling. But he was catering to the base here because you had a lot of good matches. Like if you're a real wrestling fan, what we just watched was a good show. There was always
0: a, a thought, and he was not only not the only one that thought this. Another one that thought this was, was Greg Gagne. And I talked to Greg a lot about this before he tried to run his own promotion, uh, Greg said to move forward, you have to pull back. And I, I often believe that. In other words, we are giving them too much. Let's not give them so much and make them want more. And I believe Watts believe that. And I believe Greg Gandhi believe that. and I believe Ole. I believe a lot of people behind the scenes. Dusty believe that as well. When the company was, uh, when Jr. became a part of the company, and Jr. had a, a tremendous influence on the company. He really did, and and you know what? Rightfully so, because he was he had a great had a great mind for the business. But he believed we need to give him more and more and more and more, and that was because Jr. was out there syndicating the shows, and he wanted a good product to be able to syndicate. Uh, a lot of us believed you should pull back. I think something else came came into play here during Bill Watts's tenure. Bill Watts did not fit the corporate mold that Turner wanted. Right. He didn't. I mean, you know, it's, I, I don't know if I've told the story or not. I, it's, it's well, I don't know if it's well known, but it's, it's been talked about before that Watts when in his office, when he would have to take a leak. So we've been told would not go down to the hall to the bathroom. The bathroom was way down the hall at the CNN center. He would just take a leak off, off the balcony of the, of the floor. In downtown Atlanta.
1: um, You have a two-story home. Have you ever peed from the top level? No. Down? Really? No. Uh, you've never peed outside, like out of a window?
0: No, never have. Hmm. Have you?
1: Oh, yeah. I, did. I, I, have like, to, I have today.
0: Well, you know what? That's because you don't have neighbors like I do.
1: Oh, I wouldn't care. They've seen one before, you know? I'd like to think mine's special, but it's probably not. It's probably like all the others if I had to guess. So what's the big deal? And we also heard,
0: I'd also heard a story that what, when he came to the office, don't know if these stories are true. This is what you hear. Right. 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 When he came to the office that he was packing.
1: Well, and and here's the thing, like, is, is that that big of
0: a deal? No, for you and me, no. But for a a corporate structure in Turner Broadcasting, yeah, it is.
1: I don't know, like if he's, it's a different time. But I mean, I I don't allow weapons, you know, at our at our building. But like I I understand what you don't allow weapons in your building.
0: No, Mm -hmm. it's always been that way.
1: Uh, No, it is now okay there was an incident yes that's what i was kind of referring to yeah but i mean I, I do have one person like a security person who who has a weapon but that's it i mean that's that's what you need but i i, I don't i don't think that that's that big of a deal to me like and if he's pulling it out and fucking john wayne and motherfuckers uh, in a conference room then yeah, that's different but if he's do if he's handling it responsibly and by the way i don't own a gun um you know, not, not like a um I don't have a permit to conceal and carry is what I mean. So I, I I'm not I don't do that. But I don't see what the big deal is if he's doing it responsibly, I guess is what I'm saying. I, I'm
0: not I'm not on the side of no guns. I'm on the side of guns. I am. All right. Uh but here's the here's the flip side of that.
1: Do you have handguns at your house? Yes, one. Okay.
0: All right. Uh, but I don't, think he, I don't think it works. <laughs> that's, how, that's how old it is. Uh, and I got it from Arn Anderson,
1: by the way. Uh, let me just mention I, Lois was telling me that nothing at your house is shooting.
0: Okay. So, anyway, I was even though you trust a person with the gun, all right, if you bring a gun into an environment, that gun is there that someone else could use it.
1: I get that part of it. Do you get that part of it? So you're saying someone may take the gun away from six yes. foot five, three hundred pound Bill Watts, right, and use and, it for evil, right? But you think the bad guys may have come in with a plot to do bad things without a weapon, but they're in luck because Bill Watts has one they can steal. Well, no, no.
0: I think in the midst of a contract negotiation, just for instance.
1: Oh, so did you hear a story
0: where he pulled it out? See, that's a different nope. thing. No, I did not. Okay. But it could happen in reality. It could happen. For instance, he uh, brings uh, Van Hammer in and he says, you know what? You're, you're just not working out like we thought you would. Uh, we're going we're, we're to cut your money to where you're only going to make $50 a show. And of course, the world would rejoice, but Hamber would probably get mad, and he'd stand up. And of course, if you stand up, and Bill Watts—you know, Bill Watts—even back then, you know, he could kick your ass, or at least he thought he could kick your ass. And they, you know, and they, uh, you know, they wrestle and they fight. And Watts reaches for the, for his gun, and the gun falls down, and Hamber gets it, and he shoots Watts, and he walks out, and he he shoots the secretary, and then he walks on down, and shoots himself. Now, take that gun out of the equation. What the fuck? Hey, it's been a great show here. Thank, and, uh,
1: thank you. I was wondering, like, what the fuck are you even doing right now? Why don't we just talk about the fact that Bill Watts pissed out of a second story window and you haven't. So the lesson we've learned here is Bill Watts is more of a badass than you'll ever be.
0: I would agree with that statement 100%.
1: <laughs> he was Just so you know, the next time you come over, yeah. we're opening my office window. We're peeing out. <laughs> are we? Or, yeah,
0: 100%. It's just being when you and me and Cassie over there, or is the whole group's going to be there?
1: I mean, do you just want to play swords with me and me alone? Is that what you're saying? No, I, I just don't want the word to pass around that... We just literally told like hundreds of thousands of people that we were doing yeah, it.
0: Yeah, but still, okay. Uh, let me put it to you two ways here. You, If we go pee out the window, all right, it's just you and me. Mm-hmm. That's but if we introduce another element into it, like another person.
1: Another Peter, yeah.
0: No, just another couple. Like, for instance, let's say Megan's there and Lois is there and Big Booty Judy are there, and they all say, they're pissing out the window. Well, now we can piss out the window if it's on our own, but we introduce people into it. it it's just like introducing a gun. It just it well, takes it to a different level.
1: Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs> no, I don't know what I'm we're saying- doing now. Tony, when I, on that note, when I look at my clock, it's definitely about that time.
0: Yes. Well, let's time for our main event. It's going to be Jim Ross and Michael PSA is going up against Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. The music hits. Oh, they call him the Conrad Conrad is going to be, oh, they call it. Wait a minute. They're not coming out. Where are they? Let's bring our cameras in the back. Oh my God. They're on the second level. They're pissing out the window. Guys, your music is playing. Get to the fucking ring. Never mind. We're out of time. We'll see you next week on What Happened When on the MLW Radio Network as well as on Patron.
2: Oh, let me tell you. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. Who I tell you, if you want more of Conrad Thompson and more of Tony Schiavone, you got it, complete with behind the scenes video and new content every week. Who I tell you, that Conrad and Tony, they come from rough families. While their mother never breastfed them, she told them she only liked them as a friend. And by who and LoisRules.com, still one of the hottest sites, baby, on ProWrestlingTees.com to get your t shirts from What Happened When. Ooh, I'll tell you what happened. You get no respect at all. Before Tony met Lois, he was making love to a girl, and she started crying. And he said, are you going to hate yourself in the morning? And she said, no, I hate myself now. Ooh. And by boxofgimmicks.com, with coffee mugs, baby onesies, beach towels, koozies, to shamelessly show you support of what happened when, some to wrestle with in 83 weeks, and a whole lot more. Boy, has my career sunk to an all-new low. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Who that Conrad and Tony, they get no respect at all. Or their wives made them join a bridge club, they jump off next Tuesday. Ooh. And by What Happened When Live, you can join Conrad and Tony as they bring their podcast live to the Comedy Zone in Charlotte on Sunday, November 11th at 3 p.m. Ooh. Tickets available at TomZink.com. Ooh, that's TomZink, T-O-M-Z-E-N-K.com. Who I tell you, Conrad and Tony, boy, are they ugly. They use them in prisons to cure sex offenders. And by, who talk about no respect, what happened when live. Join Conrad and Tony as they bring their podcast live to Zany's Comedy Club. Who I was there many years ago when I was still living. It's in Nashville, Sunday, December 16th at 3 p.m. Tickets available at lowkeybighog.com. Oh, I tell you, that Conrad and Tony, they get no respect at all. While at their last show, their ties caught on fire. Some guy tried to put it out with an axe.